This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Can we start by panning to B camera? Look at what's on the Vesta board over here. I was gonna start the show by reminding you guys about my new book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. And my producer, Rebecca, put on the Vesta board the title of the book, which is apropos, but look at the look at the visual she put with it. I looked at that and I was like, is that Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer? And she's like, no, it's a wolf. And I'm like, a wolf with a red nose? And so we're just cracking up in here in the studio about this and we decided to keep it in the show because it's hilarious. Go to hideyourchildrenbook.com if you haven't gotten your copy. It's available for pre-order now. It'll be in your mailbox in just a few weeks if you hit that pre-order button, hideyourchildrenbook.com. So Andrew Tate blocked me on Twitter yesterday and this is happening, and his brother blocked me as well, Tristan Tate, and this is happening against the background of Andrew Tate's interview that he did with Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson interviewed Andrew Tate, and the interview went viral worldwide all over Twitter. This is on Tucker's show on Twitter. As of the last time I checked the view count, it was at 90 million views. 90 million views. That makes it the most watched interview in the history of sit-down interviews. Now, I understand, we can show this graphic on the screen. I understand that this, there's some nuance to this statistic because this was an interview on Twitter and some of these other interviews, all these other interviews actually, were done on broadcast. But Oprah's interview of Michael Jackson, Oprah's interview of, of the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Barbara Walters interviewing Monica Lewinsky, David Frost interviewing Richard Nixon, Steve Croft interviewing Bill and Hillary Clinton, Andrew Tate's interview with Tucker Carlson was orders of magnitude more popular than any of these. And think about it, for example. Think about that that interview that Princess Diana did uh, back when Charles cheated on her with Camilla. Everyone around the world was familiar with that video, that interview that Princess Diana did, and that video got a fraction of the number of views that this, this interview of Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate was the most Googled man in the world, so maybe you're sitting there thinking, why do I care about Andrew Tate? I don't listen to some random guy online. And if you don't, kudos to you. Kudos for you for being able to avoid Andrew Tate, but the fact of the matter is, Andrew Tate is influencing the younger generation, particularly young men. And when I say influencing, I mean highly influential. You will be hard-pressed to walk down the street, walk into a school, walk into a college, walk into a workplace, and talk to Gen Z or millennial young men who are unfamiliar with Andrew Tate or who don't say positive things about Andrew Tate. And Andrew Tate is a threat to our culture. Now, what the background of Andrew Tate blocking me on Twitter is his interview with Tucker Carlson was a very sympathetic interview. Tucker Carlson portrayed Andrew Tate very positively. I don't know why. I don't know if Tucker was unaware of what Andrew Tate's background is. He used to run a pornography business. I don't know if Tucker Carlson was unaware of that or if he didn't care about that. It's not really about Tucker, although my critique here or my criticism of how Tucker conducted this video, this interview is that this video went so wildly viral and Andrew Tate's is extremely charismatic. He's extremely convincing. He's extremely likable. Young men listen to him. So 
If you give someone a softball interview that doesn't give all the information about that person, then yeah, you're, you're in a sense serving as propaganda for them. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to expose the lies that Andrew Tate told in this interview with Tucker Carlson, because that's what he did. He sat there for an hour and 50 minutes and told lie after lie after lie, misrepresenting himself, denying things that were true, ignoring things that he has done that are so evil, so bad, so destructive to young men. Um, and I want to show you this video. And I, I warn you before we watch this video that this is very disturbing, but this is a must watch video. This video using Andrew Tate's own words exposes the lies that he told to Tucker Carlson. The primary lie being that the matrix is out to get him, that he's an innocent man, that he's a good man, and that he's never harmed anyone. Andrew Tate's own words contradicts what he was saying to Tucker Carlson. So warning, this video should not be viewed in front of children. Of course, it's it's incredibly disturbing even for adults, but I want you to see it because of the level of influence that Andrew Tate has on young men all around the world and because of how many views his interview with Tucker Carlson garnered on Twitter. So take a look. What are you charged with? That's a really good question. I'm charged with being the head of an organized criminal group, which is in charge of recruiting girls to make TikTok videos. They face charges which include human trafficking, rape, and forming a criminal gang to sexually exploit women. OnlyFans is the best hustle in the world. Are they accusing you of using violence or? No. They're accusing me of using the lover boy method, coercing them by being nice. I don't mention webcam until after I've had sex with the girl. If you're on dates and you're trying to mention it and shit, it just doesn't work. It puts them off. I'd never do that. That's disgusting. I'm not a whore. Uh, it's just not gonna work. You continue as normal. No mention of webcam. You f the girl. After you f the girl, you do the PhD test. So yeah, on CobraTape.com, I have my PhD program, and that is a uh, PhD is a pimp and hose degree that I'm. Um, Clever. And that, Clever. That, that, that teaches basically how I got girls, how I met girls, how I got girls to like me, how I got girls to fall in love with me to work on webcam for me. Oh, and you're always working. Why don't you work for me so we spend more time together? Work for you doing what? So I'll have a webcam business. Oh, I don't want to do that. So, okay, I know you don't want to do that, but listen, come and let's have a meeting. Let's just talk about it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Fine. But let me explain it to you properly. In fact, I'll bring one of the girls who works for me. Your bitch is the one who does the selling. You don't do the selling. The girl has to hear it from a girl. And this is where your bottom to be trained. That's why I said it's so important to have a good first girl. Because that's what I did. That was my, my MO was find girls, make them love me, and make them work for me. This girl's like, okay, well, I'll try it. Put both girls on camera together the first day so the new girl could sit there and just sit with the other girl and get drunk. Give him a bottle of vodka. Last night that I worked for him, Andrew bought me like five bottles of wine. So I got completely drunk because I'd never done webcam work. So I was very, very nervous. And that's how I got rich. So that teaches everything I know from start to finish about uh, not only getting girls, not only obtaining them, but retaining them. Because that's a completely different game as well. And over time, I just build up this big, this big little empire of webcam girls. At one, one point, I had four locations, 75 girls working for me. I'd take around half of the money, around 50%. You take 50%. Around 50%. They thought they were on 50%. And I said that the disparity is because of taxes. He would just pay me a flat fee of 15 pounds an hour. We got to the point where we had these guys falling in love with my models, serious, big time in love, right? Sending crazy money. And they were convinced they were gonna meet the chick. This is almost where I kind of felt bad because they were like, can we meet? I've sent you $200,000. When you look at the money that I was actually bringing in, it just doesn't even scratch the surface. I had these guys selling their houses, life savings, loans, all of it to me. Give me it all. I was all about trying to get 
paid. Like my whole, I used sex as a tool to make women love me so they'd obey me and live in my house to make me money. That, that's what I wanted. So I was a pimp in that sense. Were there any other instances where there was physical abuse? I saw him smack girls with a belt. Some ideas? Do you want my ideas? That's right, lock the door, you You knew I was going to beat the out of you. If you behaved, I wouldn't have to hit you, would I? You don't. Get out. You can't stay in there forever. Once again, this is an IQ test, right? Because yes. any guy who's bad with women would look at it and go, takes a woman beater. I say it. Look at the camera. This what happens you don't listen. Look at the camera. Why are you getting hit? Why are you getting beaten? You don't listen. You. Do as I say. Any man who's actually a G, who's been around a little bit, would look at the video and go, man, she loves, she wants that. The media machine, they'd call up ex-girlfriends and say, if you have anything bad to say about Andrew, we can pay you $50,000 for the story. And they tried very hard. They didn't find any evidence of anything. And I had gone to the shower, I came back and I noticed he was, I saw him raping her. And, um, People say, why did you in Romania? And I explain my five reasons. One of them is the Me Too era. They go, oh, well, you're a rapist. I say, no, I'm not a rapist. But I like the idea of being able to just say, to, to do what I want. I like being free. And of course, they don't go out. They're not allowed out. You stay in the house. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not particularly, what would you say, impressed by what he's done on the sex business front. It, it seems to me a bit on the pimpy side, let's say. I get called a pimp a lot, but I, and the reason I use the term is because I don't see it as a negative term. I see it as positively inspirational and motivating person. She has to respect you and love you and want to work with you. And that's done through positive pimp, positively inspirational and motivating person. I'm gonna send you a book. It's okay. a guy called Pimpin' Ken, who was a street pimp in the nineties. And he wrote a book, uh, 50 Laws of the Game. And one of the laws of the game is a hoe without instruction is headed for destruction. They're accusing me of using the lover boy method, coercing them by being nice. Let me read you then what you have said about what you have done. Sure. You have said, my job was to meet a girl, go on a few dates, sleep with her, get her to fall in love with me to the point where she'd do anything I say and then get her on webcam so we, we could become rich together. I don't think that's what I personally said. I think that's, that's exactly what no, you said on your website. That's, that's, no, I've never said that. So yeah, on corporatetape.com, I have my PhD program. The, I think the belief is that you were charged with human trafficking. Yeah, that's human trafficking because what you do is you force a girl to work against her will for financial gain. That's human trafficking. And their justification for this is that girls do TikTok. Some girls I know who they found who say they're not victims have TikTok accounts. Uh, PhD is a pimp and hose degree that I'm... Um, Clever. And that Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, 
with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Ugh. It makes me sick to my stomach to watch that. I feel physically ill after watching the content of that video. Now, again, the backdrop of Andrew Tate blocking me on Twitter is actually this video. This video was made by a Twitter account named Milk Bar TV, but I did make this video go viral. So after the creator of this video posted it on Twitter, I saw it, I watched it, I reposted it, amplified it to my audience of almost a million people, and it took off all over Twitter. It, it became the story of Twitter one of the days this week, just yesterday. Uh, it became the story of this week. And after I posted this video, I commented on Andrew Tate, on how influential he is, on how much he's, he's on, on how he's shaping the minds and the morals of young men in our generation. And I said, watch out for Andrew Tate. I warned young men that Andrew Tate is acting, he's acting in an evil manner. He's committing unspeakable evil against women. He's not only seducing women, he's actually seducing men as well. He's seducing young men, but he's acting as an antichrist figure. Because what he does, what he does is he diagnoses in an accurate way. Andrew Tate correctly diagnoses a cultural ill the fact that our society demonizes or vilifies men, tells men that their masculinity, their inherent masculinity, which is a good thing, tells men that their inherent masculinity is bad, that it's toxic, it discourages men's instincts, their natural instincts to protect and provide and procreate. And this is, this is something we all know. There's been a cultural societal attack on men for a long time, but in the Me Too era, in the modern woke era, it's become even more pronounced. Men are under concerted assault. Our society tries to feminize men. And Andrew Tate recognizes that like a lot of us recognize. So that premise makes Andrew Tate a very seductive figure. Young men look at him and say, listen, I, as a young man, a young man might say, I feel very attacked by our culture. I know that this is wrong. And here's someone finally who's telling me, yes, it is wrong. And you should actually follow your natural instincts and be the man that you were created to be. This is an incredibly seductive message, but this is how Andrew Tate operates. This is how he reels in his prey. But then what he does after he correctly diagnoses this problem is he prescribes as an antidote to this problem, he prescribes poison. He tells young men in order to be respected that you have to be materialistic, that you have to um, exploit women, that you have to, well, he doesn't say that you have to do this, but he promotes pornography based on the fact that he ran a pornography business, which I suppose is one and the same as exploitation of women. And then he also promotes a culture of self-worship. So the prescription for his correct cultural diagnosis that our society is vilifying men is poison. He's leading young men down a path of self-destruction. And that is so evil. It's, it's actually unspeakable the evil that he's perpetuating, especially given the fact that his influence is global, that he is the most Googled man in all the world, that this interview with Tucker Carlson is, is been watched by so many people that no, it's not apples to apples comparing a Twitter video to a broadcast, but a sit-down interview, it is the most viewed sit-down interview in the history of American entertainment. It's, it's, I, I, I don't even know how to contextualize the enormity of how many people have watched this, how many people are influenced by Andrew Tate. 
So I posted this video on Twitter, it went viral, and I explained exactly why I was going after Andrew Tate. I don't sling ad hominems, I'm not looking for beef with people just for beef or to clout chase. I want people to understand, especially conservatives, there's this very odd trend among conservative communities, especially the conservative communities that identify less as conservative and more as red-pilled communities, They've adopted Andrew Tate. He's become somewhat of a cult hero, even among conservatives. And this blows my mind. It completely flummoxed me why any conservative would follow a man who is leading young men towards pornography, materialism, exploitation of women, and worship of self, when that is antithetical to everything that conservatives stand for here. So I posted that Andrew Tate was committing unspeakable acts of evil. I posted this video, it went viral, and the result of this was Andrew Tate blocked me on Twitter. Now, I laugh about this not because I'm celebrating that Andrew Tate blocks me, I, I'm not celebrating it. I'm laughing because blocking is actually the stupidest feature on Twitter. There's no need to block anyone ever. If there's someone that annoys you, someone that's harassing you, someone that you don't want to read their content, there's another feature on Twitter called a mute button, which if you hit the mute button on someone, it, it erases all of their content. You'll never see another bit of their content, not a reply, not a tweet, nothing from them ever, if you mute them. And yet, if you mute somebody, that person that you've muted doesn't know that they've been muted. So it's a great way of not seeing someone if you don't wanna see what they're contributing to Twitter without, without publicly announcing that you've blocked them. It renders, I've never blocked anyone on Twitter ever. I never intend to. Like I said, I think it's the stupidest feature. I think Elon should get rid of the feature actually. It'd be less upkeep for, for the Twitter platform. But instead of muting me, if Andrew Tate really didn't wanna see what I was, what I was saying about him, he, he could have, but he didn't. He blocked me, which tells me that the only reason that you really would block someone is it's an outward display of the fact that you've been triggered by someone. And again, I'm not trying to trigger him just for the sake of triggering someone. I'm trying to expose the evil that he is perpetuating on our culture, and especially, particularly, on young men. So clearly he saw the video that I posted, or that I reposted. I didn't create the video, I did repost it. Clearly he saw that, clearly he saw my commentary, and he blocked me because of it, because he was triggered by it. A couple hours later, his brother, Tristan Tate, also blocked me on Twitter. Um, the funniest part of the story is that Andrew Tate, and Andrew Tate at least, I don't think Tristan Tate has, at least not the last time I checked, Andrew Tate later the next morning unblocked me. He unblocked me, maybe because I was also posting that I thought it was funny that he blocked me because the only reason you would do that is because, the only reason you would block someone is because they're triggering you when there is the mute button if you simply didn't want to see what they were saying. So he made a response video, and I think this is probably the reason he unblocked me, as the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. 
Andrew Tate made a response video to the fact that the video that I showed you a couple minutes ago went viral on Twitter, that Andrew Tate was the topic of conversation on Twitter, and whether he was a good influence or bad influence on conservatives. He made a response video in which he doesn't mention my name, but I think we all know that he's talking about the content that I made go viral. After he blocked me and then he unblocked me, he posted a response video, which I assume is why he unblocked me because perhaps he wanted he wanted me to see this response. And I wanna watch, it's a 16 minute video, which we are not gonna watch the entirety of the 16 minutes. But essentially in this video, he portrays himself as the victim. Once again, he's the victim, of course. He says that any right-wingers, that's how we are referred to in this video, any right-wingers who criticize him or right-wingers who are condemning him are part of the matrix. Um, this is the funniest insult that I have ever encountered in my life. I'm pretty immune to insults at this point. I'm pretty used to even horrendous accusations. I've been in this business for a long time. Leftists have called me every nasty name in the book. And I gotta tell you, I laughed my head off when I watched this video and heard him accusing uh, me and other right-wingers who are criticizing him of being part of the matrix. Never in my life that I dreamed that I would face that accusation. So funny. Um, so he plays the victim. He says that right-wingers criticizing him are just part of the globalist matrix. Guys, did you know? I'm part of the globalists. Me and Klaus Schwab were like buddy buddies. Sometimes just for fun, I text Bill Gates on a Saturday night just to see what he's up to because you know we're pals. Just, just living the life. John Kerry took me for a ride on his private jet. These people controlling the world, Justin Trudeau maybe. You know, all these people, I just, Hillary Clinton sometimes, you know, gotta take advice from her. That's what a good globalist would do, right? The idea is so ludicrous, it cracks me up. Andrew Tate did not deny anything in his response video. He didn't deny anything about the video that I showed you. He did not say that he regretted being part of a pornography business, exploiting women sexually for profit. He just portrayed himself as a victim and he used a very sneaky rhetorical tactic. His defense, he framed only on the legal accusations against him in Romania. Uh, when of course I and others on Twitter were making the moral case against what he was saying, he made his defense focused entirely on the legal case in Romania, which is a diversionary tactic because he doesn't want to address what we just watched in this video. But here is, here is just a snippet of Andrew Tate's response. If I was truly guilty of doing these things, I would still be in jail. And I'm at home. And soon I will be free. So, I hope that's some clarification. If you are not satisfied with the answer I've given you, you're unfortunately gonna have to wait to the end of the trial. But I would say, for anybody with a brain who understands what I'm saying, we all understand how dates work. I'd like to think everybody at home understands a calendar. Considering that my case is pertaining to 2021 and onwards, anything before 2021 has nothing to do with it. Hope you can work that one out. I also think that everybody at home with a brain who understands that when 15 to 20 right-wingers are activated overnight with the same message instantly told to attack somebody who just managed to achieve the largest interview in television history, that tells you a lot more about who they are than who I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right-wingers, right-wingers. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Absolutely cracked me up. I'm thinking about changing my Twitter bio to Andrew Tate accused me of being part of the Matrix because that is, I, I think that will be the funniest thing that anyone has ever said to me. Um, in response to this, of course, in response to this, and the reason, by the way, this should be obvious, but because Andrew Tate is misrepresenting the truth, once again, perhaps it's worth noting, the reason that 15 to 20 right-wingers amplified these attacks on him on Twitter is because that video went viral. It's because 
Milk Bar TV posted that video, I reposted it, it went viral, and other people on Twitter saw it. Then they saw my tweets making the case why Andrew Tate is immoral and acting in an evil manner, and that's what sparked the discussion. So it wasn't some concerted, planned effort, it was a response to something that became very prominent on Twitter. Um, in response, of course, to me posting this, Andrew Tate's fans turned out, if we can bring up element number five, I'd like to just respond to a few of these tweets that I've gotten. This is from Mike Omar, who said, Andrew Tate is more than you'll ever be. You're just an attention-seeking attention bee. And my response to that is, I guess we shouldn't be surprised when Andrew Tate's cult followers degrade and profane women. They did learn from the master, did they not? And then we have element number six. Element number six, this is a funny, this is actually a very funny accusation. I saw several tweets that made this argument that the video that I showed you before, Andrew Tate's own words, were taken out of context. And my response to that is, which part was taken out of context? When Tate admits that he pimps women? When he manipulates them into doing pornography? When he profits off of their exploitation? When he doesn't allow them out of the house? When he practices polygamy? When he screams at, threatens, and beats women with a belt? Explain to me, please, the context in which any of those things would be appropriate. What long-form context would make any of those statements acceptable? I can't think of a single one, unless the end of the sentence that he was saying was, and that's morally wrong and evil. But of course, that's not what he said. He never denied or condemned what he has done in the past. Okay, element number seven here is an accusation from a conservative. Like I said, this has been the interesting part to me, is this is not just me attacking a uh, a leftist for perpetuating evil views. This is me calling out someone who has become a fan favorite of young men on the right. And he says, let's keep, Aaron says, let's keep fracturing until we have no base left. He's essentially accusing me if I criticize this person that will alienate young men. And my response is, I, sorry, I'm not sorry. I, I have zero interest in being part of, I don't even know what he would call it, a, a Republican party, a conservative movement that embraces evil woman abusers like Andrew Tate just because he's red-pilled on the COVID vaccine? No, he accurately diagnoses cultural ills, but that, that's an obvious thing. We can all see what's wrong. We all recognize what's wrong. It's, rec it's being able to replace what's wrong with what's right that seems to be more of a challenge to even people on the right. So let's move on to element number eight. Element number eight, this is a tweet from Pearl Davis who's this girl who claims to be an anti-feminist, but she she's kind of the female version of Andrew Tate. We did an episode about her arguments that women are not equal to men and women are in fact inferior to men. We did an episode about that last week if you're interested in, uh, I, de I debunked her arguments. I showed what her fatal, the fatal flaw in her arguments are. Um, and I highly recommend that you watch it. But she said, women go on dates with men to extract resources all the time. Do we have the same energy? So she's defending Andrew Tate's quote unquote lover boy method where he makes women fall in love with them, has sex with them before he manipulates them into performing pornographic acts on, on webcam. And she's saying that that's the same as a woman who wants to date a man because he has a good job or has a lot of money. And my response to that is, did you watch the six minute video, Pearl? Did you, did you watch it? Manipulating women into pornography, beating them with a belt, bragging about pimping, profiting off of the sexual exploitation of women polygamy, I would love to hear your comment on that because it seems to me that those things are not at all the same as a woman who is going on a date with a man in order that he pay for her dinner. It's hardly on equal playing fields. And Pearl, I think you know that. I think you know that. So then we have element number nine. This was the most common response besides the hate. This was the most common response 
that I got. This, this particular tweet came from an account called Goat and Whiskey. Um, but this, this comment came, I've got about a billion of these comments. And who should men aspire to be was the question, essentially saying, well, if not Andrew Tate, then who? And my answer to this is men should aspire to be like Jesus. Jesus is the perfect example of masculinity because true masculinity comes from properly ordering our, our, our sex and our behavior. Our sex is part of our human nature. Our human nature was given to us by God in order to help us on earth understand his, God's love for his bride, his church. It is, it is the way, like we as human beings are not fully able to understand the mystical love that Christ has for us. So Christ gives us these earthly things that help us slowly sort of come closer to understanding his love for us. And that's part of what sex is. That's part of what being a man is. That's part of what masculinity is. It's, it's the man acting towards women and towards children the way that Christ acts towards his church. So if you want a perfect example of masculinity, then you look, then open your Bible. Look to Jesus. He's the perfect example. I was shocked by how many comments I got like this that said, well, who else is there setting an example? Well, you shouldn't be looking for a human on earth to put on a pedestal. You shouldn't be looking for someone to idolize here. You should be worshiping God. You should be trying to emulate him and trying to be the man he made you to be, which is tied not just to what's on earth, but what's eternal. So open your Bible. Look at, look, read your Bible. Read what God has for you in his eternal plan. I think that you'll find that it's more motivating than anything the loser Andrew Tate could ever say here. Okay, so I wrote a message to the Tate bros that were in my mentions because I feel empathy for the, especially the red-pilled young men who have fallen for Andrew Tate. I said, welcome to all the Andrew Tate bros in my mentions. I see you. Let's get a couple of things straight here. First of all, it's not just women that Tate seduced. He seduced a lot of you bros too. Here's how. In our culture, it's become almost shocking to say that masculinity isn't toxic. It's actually a gift. True masculine strength allows men to protect, to provide, and to procreate, to be the leader of your family that God intended you to be, sacrificially loving your wife like God loves all of us, shepherding your bride and your children to heaven. That is masculine strength that begets real respect. But our culture attacks men and attacks true masculinity, and this, of course, is a bad thing. I understand the frustration when society tells you that you're evil just for being a man. It's awful and it's not true. But why would you follow Tate who leads you away from the man that God made you to be? Why listen to a small evil con man who tells you that to be a man, you must be materialistic. You must exploit and dominate women, consume pornography and worship yourself. Just because he's the first person you've heard tell you that men aren't bad? Tate claims that people respect him but listen to me very closely, they don't. Respect is begot by standing your principles. Respect is not anarchy where the physically strong dominate everyone else. Tate is acting as a classic antichrist figure. He's promising to heal your grievances, but leading you instead to destruction. I highly recommend that young men watching this do not react with defensiveness, but instead turn to Jesus because in Jesus, is where you'll find the role model that you should emulate, that you should emulate. Here's the last thing that I will say about this before we turn to John Kerry and the private jet fiasco and, and the private jet scandal, which is one of the funniest videos that I've ever seen. Um, in my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind America's Attack on, or, or Behind the Attack on America's Children, I talk in the second half of my book about 
this topic, not about Andrew Tate specifically, but about the fact that you and I, just based on our instinct, based on our gut, based on our feelings, based on our mind and our reason, we can see evil. We can, we can, we can recognize evil when we see it. It's why when people saw critical race theory in schools, for example, they're like, well, wait a second, that's bad to tell my child, my white child, that he's racist just because he has white skin, or that's bad to tell my black child that he's oppressed just because he's black. It's the same feeling that a lot of men in our country, even if they weren't conservatives, got during the Me Too movement, where they were told women should be believed based on their accusation and men should have no due process of law. An accusation should equal a conviction. We all knew in our guts, right, that this was evil, that this was bad. We recognize bad. We recognize evil when we see it. And it's a lot easier to recognize bad than it is to understand what's good or what's right or what's moral. And this question that I grapple with in my book is, well, what is moral? What is good? If we are trying to defeat these bad forces in our country that demonize men or target our children, if we're trying to defeat that, that's, that's proper, that's good, we should do that. But what are we going to do once we've defeated it? What are we going to replace it with? And this, I think, is a fundamental flaw of the Republican Party, and clearly, it is a, a cultural vacuum. We don't have an answer to that in our culture. Even people on the right generally don't have an answer to that because they've allowed influencers like Andrew Tate to fill that void, to fill that vacuum. And Andrew Tate, let me tell you, he does not know what morality is. He does not know what's good and true and beautiful. He doesn't know what true masculinity is. He doesn't know what true strength is. He doesn't know what real respect is. All he knows is, is anarchy, essentially physical anarchy and moral chaos. And so I highly recommend that you pre-order my book at hideyourchildrenbook.com because I think the Tate bros, and I mean this in the most generous way possible, I think the Tate bros are open-minded enough that they would do well to enter into this discussion or to explore the question of what is right, what is moral. Because let me tell you, what Andrew Tate is offering is not good or right or moral. It's incredibly destructive. Okay, this is one of the funniest videos that I've seen in a long time. So John Kerry is the climate czar of the Biden administration, right? He's been around in politics since before I was born. He's like a dinosaur. And he constantly is preaching climate alarmism. But the funniest part of that is that he's, he flies on private jets. Even as he tells us that we have to reduce our carbon footprint, he's probably like one of those carbon zero, let's ban fossil fuels guys. And he flies on private jet, which has a, a higher carbon emission after one flight than your car will its entire lifetime. Meanwhile, he's trying to ban your cars while he's flying on private jets. And he was asked about this utter hypocrisy during a congressional hearing. And this is how he was caught in his little rhetorical lie. Take a look at this. So uh, I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. A few moments later. You uh, just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate <laughs> hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I your family? personally, yes, my wife owned a plane. <laughs> 
us, John Kerry. Listen to those words. I've never owned a private jet. We've never owned a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. Sir, you're about to commit perjury. Would you like to correct the record? Well, I've never owned one, but my wife did. Okay, bro. Okay, bro. This is what he thinks of you. He thinks you're stupid. He thinks you should be controlled based on his climate alarmism and that he is free and clear to do whatever he wants. It wasn't his, it was his wife's. They're only married. He only used it for official business. No big deal. No hypocrisy. My word, that is the funniest thing that I've seen in a long time. All right, we have time for one more cool thing. This video is how do boys start being friends with each other? Let's take a look. get the joke. <laughs> what is it supposed to mean? <laughs> Just like waving to each other? From across the room? I think I can, I think I can picture this happening when a guy just like, it's like an open-handed wave from across the bar or something and then all of a sudden they're just bros. <laughs> Just so you guys know, for those who are listening to this and not watching it, it's two guys that just have their hands raised, like they've seen each other from a far distance. Okay, maybe I'm the only one that didn't get this. Guys, make sure you go to hideyourchildrenbook.com and pre-order my book. My pet peeve is when people announce that they've written a book and it's not available for like till next year. I did not do that. I hid my book. I kept it a secret until just, just until last week. The book is coming out on September 26th, so that's less than, what is that, 10 weeks? 10 weeks, so if you pre-order it now, then it will be in your mailbox the day after publication day. It's just a few weeks. Go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.